We've been doing the same strategies for a very long time when it comes to substance abuse prevention. I love the trauma-informed approach because it's really starting from myself. It's like a socio-ecological model. Right now, everybody's really accepting of thinking outside of the box. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Vitalist Spark podcast. I'm your host, John Ford. Thanks for joining us as we peel back the layers of a new effort here in Arizona that we call the Live Well Arizona Incubator. Vitalist has spent two plus years so far talking about the elements of a healthy community and four goals for change, as well as curating resources at livewellaz.org. In 2018, we collaborated with the Arizona Partnership for Healthy Communities to establish the Live Well Arizona Incubator to take things to a new level, specifically to help facilitate creation of more place-based, cross-sector collaborations focused on community health and well-being. In a nutshell, the idea was to identify early-stage, cross-sector community health projects and provide technical assistance over time, using a series of full-cohort face-to-face meetings, but also by providing a facilitator-slash-coach-slash-consultant for about 10 months to help each project develop its new collaboratives, and also to produce a solid strategy and work plan going forward. So how's it going so far? That's what the next four episodes of the Vitalist Spark podcast will explore as we hit the halfway mark for the first incubator cohort. We'll kick it off today with the South Mountain Works Coalition's progress. So get ready, because we're about to reflect on and delve into what makes the incubator tick and discover from the perspective of each project what it takes to make policy, practice, and systems change in order to improve community health and well-being. And like always, it'll happen in about the space of your daily commute. So let's get to it. Listen in as we sit down with Shamari Jackson, project lead for South Mountain Works Coalition, and Reverend Sang-Hoon Yu, president of the Faithful City. It's time to learn more about the coalition's work and the incubator's impact. So the South Mountain Works Coalition, work standing for working to build opportunities, resources, knowledge, and skills is a grassroots coalition that is designed to reduce youth substance abuse in South Mountain. We particularly focus on the big three substances, marijuana, alcohol, and prescription opioid abuse. The coalition was developed in 2008 by community members that wanted to reduce substance abuse after the data show that, and don't quote me on this, about one out of three youth were reporting using substances. So there was a grassroots initiative by community members. Fast forward to 2017, we've been doing a lot of great work in between then, but we just recently received the Drug-Free Communities Block Grant out of the Office of National Drug Control Policy that is funding us for 10 years to target a host of different initiatives and prevent youth substance abuse in South Mountain. Sang-Hun, if you had to put it in like two or three sentences, what exactly is South Mountain Works trying to accomplish? The South Mountain Works Coalition tried to accomplish that building the community and where that the substance use are going to be a decreased uh, tremendous amount of rate as our coalition working together and collaborate together and with uh, amazing uh, community partners. Shamari, what's the secret sauce of South Mountain Works Coalition? The secret sauce is definitely the relationships, building 
building on and really valuing one another. Being able to sit down, have a cup of coffee, talk about life as well as talk about our, our goals. Just building relationships. I think that's the secret sauce. I'm a firm believer in making sure that our relationships are strong. How do you go about doing this? This is not easy work. It, it's not easy work. At times it takes a lot out of us. But the way that we go about doing the work is, first and foremost, we facilitate an opportunity for community stakeholders and community members to meet on a monthly basis every second Friday of the month. That is where all of the planning, the designing, the brainstorming, the strategizing takes place at those coalition meetings. We do have some deliverables and we get those deliverables done basically through four different initiatives. One is community development, where we're building capacity, ongoing capacity for volunteers and community members and stakeholders to actually do the work. We provide public information and social marketing where we go out into the community at health fairs, different events and hand disseminate information to the community around substance abuse, particularly parents and youth, on giving them the tools and the resources that they need. We host various youth leadership groups in South Mountain at some of the schools, and we host a youth council meeting at the South Mountain Community Library that engages youth from all over South Mountain to get together, plan, strategize, engage them in their own strategies on how to target and reduce youth substance abuse for their peers. This is the part that I think the Partnership for Healthy Communities as well as Vitalist was so excited about when you all applied to be part of the Live Well Arizona Incubator was this one phrase, which was, we're not a coalition that's gonna try to figure out what's wrong with this child but a coalition that's going to really work on what's happened to this child. And that flips the script on everything. So while Shamari, you listed out a whole bunch of things that could be expected in any campaign, the way you're actually using those things, like advocacy, like education, like outreach, is completely 180 degrees different than typically. What have you seen so far from that approach? What learnings, what challenges, and what opportunities? have come through so far? I think what I've seen from the approach, particularly one of the schools that I'm working with that we've engaged in our Live Well Incubator Project is just really the acceptance of the information and the knowledge on how to approach children who have experienced trauma in their lives. I think very often those caregivers and those that are working with the children, they're very reactive instead of proactive in their approach to understanding. We've been looking at several different root causes for youth substance abuse, access to substances, the perception of harm for reasons why kids use drugs or alcohol, but there's this other third root cause that we've just been diving into the last year. It's trauma. Mm -hmm. Instead of just jumping head first, there's a lot of development with inside of our own selves and our own organizations. Just seeing the acceptance of the coalition willing to take this on, not just for the community, but for themselves, has been a tremendous experience for myself and just really rewarding.
I was in the social work field a long time ago and currently I am heavily engaged in the trauma-informed community movement which is national and local. So I'm a pastor but also I'm a part of the executive committee of Arizona AIDS Consortium. Can we unpack that term trauma-informed community? Uh, trauma-informed community approach is actually based on the ACES study which stands for Adverse Childhood Experiences. And then the research shows that when we have see the people's life with a lot of dysfunctions or mental or physical health challenges, we don't need to just approach to the current situation or presenting problems, but we need to go into the deep root cause. Because unless the root cause is not going to be um, healed, then that current mental or physical health challenge or dysfunction is going to be repeated. So trauma-informed approach is based on the study and the scientific research with the brain science development. We try to focus on not only the current presenting problems from each individual or the community, but also we're going to go deep and deeper relationship development because ACES study, from my understanding, is really based on more about the relationship dysfunction when children were growing. And so we need to really help out the people who got in you know, a deeper level of trust and unconditional love and compassion, at least one person with a constant care, which is very vital for their recovery from traumatized in the stories and childhood. And so actually that's why I jumped on this movement because when I heard from other sectors like Mental House, they talk about compassion, and they talk about unconditional love. Hello, that's my language. So I just jumped on movement and then we wanna develop that the way more strategically, organizationally, and as a community based, how we're gonna build that safe environment for those who have been suffering from their own trauma in the lifetime. Sang-hun, I think you, you, you said it so beautifully. This is something that spoke to me because this is the language that I work in. Mm-hmm. For a lot of people, there's probably too much of a stretch to say there's a bit of a relief. Mm-hmm. Like this is no longer a battle against opioids. This is a connection to a person. This is no longer a battle against alcohol. This is a connection to a person that needs to be built and a community of support that needs to surround that person. Yeah, I think we need to focus on that, as Shamari said, that the environmental cause of each child or each individual's making choice. Mm-hmm. Because we are too much focused on the behavior or uh, appearing uh, kind of a problems we can see and observe. But if we have some open-minded heart and setting, safe relationship, where can I hear your story before I try to help you out? One of the main paradigm shifts from the non-trauma-informed to the trauma-informed care community is actually, it's not about us and them. It's really about we are all learning together. So the thing I really love about ACES is that ACES everywhere is colorblind. You know, we need to aware about my own trauma, traumatic response, and I need to learn how to regulate myself. And out of this, I'm, I'm role modeling and also I can help and understand each person or others kind of problem they are going through with their own stories. So actually how we try to approach this, so to speak, a substance to use and all these things. Actually, I liked what Shomari did to our coalition when we have a monthly meeting. He wants us to go through all the trainings. So we went through ACE training, we went through harm reduction training, and actually that resonates my life first. And also we 
try to embrace the mindfulness exercise in our meetings. So we want to do by ourselves first, and then we, when we make it lifestyle, it has a more authority and power to impact the community. So I love the trauma-informed approach because it's really start from myself. It's like a socio-ecological model kind of module, right? So it's like from individual, interpersonal, and organization on community-based. So I, in, in many sense, it really fits to my paradigm of my faith life. So I, I really love to call, uh, collaborate with the Shomari and coalitions and other partners. Here's the part that I think is very challenging because this approach is so transformational. And it's also so interpersonal. How does a coalition of partners move from that personal level to a more systemic approach while still preserving that crucial relational aspect? For the South Mountain Works Coalition, we already have a great established relationships with our coalition partners. And uh, that's every, everywhere from the faith-based community to law enforcement to businesses, schools, youth, parents, and a whole host of other entities that help out with our strategies and our action steps. I think we build off of those relationships in order to maintain our presence in the community. And a moment ago, what Sang Hoon said was, we have to role model our participation and our acceptance of our own mindfulness around our own traumas and things. And when we do that at our coalition meetings, I've seen organizations starting to take that back to their organizations. <laughs> yeah. We start speaking with the right individuals. We talk to law enforcement. We talk to our faith-based communities and make sure that they understand the direction that we're headed and uh, being very, very specific about what we want or the direction that we're headed. What were the challenges when you spoke with law enforcement or with faith communities? Or were there challenges? Was there sort of an immediate recognition of the, um, of the flip? I think right now we're just in a really, a really good place where everyone's looking for a solution. We've been doing the same strategies for a very long time when it comes to substance abuse prevention. And, you know, right now everybody's really accepting of thinking outside of the box. We're about, what, five months into the incubator, I believe? Mm -hmm. Are you seeing what you thought you might see? Are you seeing something different? Are you glad to be part of the incubator? What has it brought to the table? First of all, I want to appreciate the finalists that actually took our application. Because uh, I know trauma-informed care and trauma-informed community is kind of a buzzword. But it's very hard to understand if you don't really get into it. But I want to emphasize the fact that, well, I always say in the meeting, I'm with the Shomari because I like him. Well, that's true because for me, the leadership is important. And also especially personality of leadership is very important. And I, I found it so lucky because we have a lot of a good uh, personhood and personality of the leaders in the community who is really focusing on the relationship. In the South Mountain region, they are so proud of their own region. And they so love their region. They really love their kids, not just because of their professional kind of a you know, reason interest. It's not about the interest. I'm born here. I love this community. I commit myself to this community. 
So I think is the foundation is a really good setting here that we need somebody who is very relationship focused and also very uh, committed to this community. The thing I really uh, love here is that once we start incubator, Shomari is a relationship guy. He brought the amazing leaders in the one table and then we meet together. And I can see that whenever I see somebody from other sector I never saw, there's an immediate connection because our heart and mind and personality and commitment is really kind of in a lot of common ground. I'm so kind of happy because now I see the, the more of the people coming with that their commitment and also they're very accepting about the paradigm shift of a trauma from the care. Is that being driven by the assistance you've gotten from the incubator because you have matured as a coalition or is that being driven? I, and I'm, I'm asking for an honest answer, right? Is that is that the thing that's just you're you're gelling as a group, or has the incubator had an influence? I definitely think the incubator has had an influence, particularly. For you're not supposed to just give the answer that I'm expecting. <laughs> no, no. Okay. And the reason I say that is because uh, before the incubator, we weren't meeting as a collective unit to address this in the way that we are now. Our coach, Cynthia Meldy, she's been really, really instrumental in helping me understand the processes that are needed to facilitate this collaborative. I don't know if we would be where we are right now if it wasn't for the Live Well Incubator. Now, when we got into the incubator, was it really easy for us to get up and start running with it? 100%, because we had such a great right building of relationship already mm -hmm. i think the live well incubator really allowed us to get to the table and identify what we needed to do and bring the right individuals to the table to the point where now we're looking to actually open up the conversation outside of our coalition members and start engaging more of the community in the direction and the planning and the strategizing of what we do so that expansion into more sectors and more members of the community. 100%. Is, okay. And, and how's that going? Um, it's, it's going great. Besides being a little messy sometimes? Um, you know, I just, it, it, a little messy at times, but the coalition, it just, we just got it together right now. And it's just a perfect time for all of this to happen. I'm a big firm believer in when the stars align, mm -hmm. you know, they align for a reason. And uh, right now, everything's just really gelling. I'll throw a couple of rapid fire questions at you. This is sort of the lightning round. <laughs> Lightning round goes like this. Do we have to buzz in first? <laughs> first? You can, you can, you can, uh, Roshan, you can rock, paper, scissors, whatever works. If you had to put it into a short couple of sentences, how has the incubator impacted your work? What's the fundamental first thing that comes to your mind when you think about the influence the incubator has had on South Mountain Works Coalition? Uh, for, for me, I've 100% have become a better facilitator. Okay. Um, okay. You know, the, the coach has coached me into a position where I'm very thorough about the way that I'm hosting these meetings and facilitating these meetings and communicating with our collaborative. It has 100% changed the way that I think about 
the way that I facilitate every meeting now. Sanghun, from your perspective, single most impactful thing about the incubator for South Mountain Works Coalition? Well, it made our relationship getting more deeper and wider. And my level of trust and my observation of expertise from the people and then cohesiveness is way beyond from my expectation. All right, you're up first on the second question. I think there's what, another five months left in the incubator? Mm -hmm. What one thing would you want over the next five months from the incubators, coaches, and teams in order to help you be more successful? Well, as Shamari said, we have been helped a lot so far. What we want to see is more kind of a perspective, especially from coach. Uh, coaches sees a lot of other coalitions. So some kind of other perspective. Sometimes cohesiveness is good, but maybe same mind, maybe we have a blind side. So if we, if we can be exposed to blind side, you know, mm-hmm. from other experts' perspective, that'd be great. So a more global perspective being brought in from yes. other work? Yes. Okay. Shamari, same question to you. I like what the LiveWell Incubator is doing, and I just want to see our coach keep doing what she's doing and helping our process in identifying our end game. So we're not going through this blind. I just think continued support to get us to the end game so we can start it all over again. Okay. So you are part of the incubator project, which makes it sound like it's just like, woohoo, it's free and easy. But you're actually investing a lot of time and energy in the incubator. Worth it? And if so, how? 100% worth it. I think I spoke on this a little bit ago. I don't know if, if we'd be where we were at organizationally, especially with the, the collaborative that we built around our community health and resiliency project. Mm-hmm. I don't think that we would be as far along if it wasn't for Live Well Incubator. Sang-hun, you agree? Worth it? Absolutely. How? Oh, because without Incubator, I could not miss Shomari that much, that long, that often (laughs) with my life. This is important because whenever we are in a human connectivity, I'm surprised that uh, how much people are good and doing their best. It really convinced me that I'm in the right place to work, to fulfill my call. So 100% worthy. Yes, I agree. Thank you, Shamari, and thank you, Sang-Hoon. It was really a privilege to explore the work of addressing youth substance use through the not-so-typical lens of a community approach to adverse childhood experiences, harm reduction, and trauma-informed care. Stay tuned. We are just getting started. Three more episodes on The Incubator are headed your way, and each one provides a unique take on The Incubator, on its community, and what it takes to improve community health and well-being via cross-sector collaboration. To make sure you get each episode when it's released, be sure to reach into your podcast app right now and subscribe to The Vitalist Spark. As always, remember this, with great responsibility comes great power. We'll see you back on the road to well-being soon.